0: Let's begin today's discussion.
1: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones.
0: Hi, welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to Jan Barbaro. Jan is the CEO and co-founder and head of analytics of FlyOn, a service designed to help travelers get compensated in case of flight delays and cancellations. With a Master of Science focused in computer engineering and over 15 years of experience in capital markets, risk management, and finance technology, Yon found a way to leverage blockchain as a solution. Knowing that 70% of delayed flights remain unclaimed or never get reimbursed to travelers, the platform Yon created helps travelers, including business travelers, by leveraging cutting-edge technology to trim costs and bring simplicity to the process. Today, we're going to talk about not only how technology and how blockchain technology provides new solutions, but also how to navigate the future of business travel. We'll learn what has worked from Jan's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses are missing the mark. Jan, welcome. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing?
1: Very good. Pretty good. So uh, yeah. my story is interesting. Uh, so uh, I grew up and uh, studied in France, um, so this engineering school in Paris, master degree uh, early 2000, yeah. and uh, that was the dot-com bubble, as you probably remember Yep. Uh, none of us is a millennial here, so we knew, like, we know those uh, crises, so that's why we're not too uh, freaked out about what's going on, and uh, at that point, unfortunately, I was, you know, still, like, you know, in my 20s, and I was freaking out, uh, and I was kind of giving up on finding a job, you know, out of school, even though it's a pretty good school, right? It's, like, top right. five, or whatever, and um, and at that point, I was, like, kind of signed up to go to an MBA, I wanted to continue, Just like, you know, education. So, you know, to get past the uh, first wave of uh, layoffs and the crisis. And uh, I was signed up in another business school in Paris. So I was kind of saying, like, not a job until probably 2003, 2004. Uh, And then, you know, weirdly enough, uh, I received an email from my dad. And my dad is someone that's, you know, I consider trustworthy, obviously. And at that point, obviously, the uh, you know state of the internet was different. But the the, the email was saying, forward this email to ten of your friends, and you can receive uh, a Nokia cell phone for free, right? So now, AKA uh, a a scam or a spam or whatever you want to call it. But at that point. I'm like, okay, that seems legit. My, my dad is a you know, trustworthy guy, so I'm going to just do it. And I went ahead and sent to ten my friends. One of my friends was in New York, and he was uh, doing an inter- internship. And uh, next thing I know, this guy, um, in Adrian, said, well, excuse me, can you remind me the field of study that you're actually graduating right now? Isn't it uh, internet and uh, you know, computer security? I was like, yeah, why are you asking? He's like, this is a spam. What are you doing with this? I'm like, I apologize, Adrian. I was like, you know, I didn't mean to just, like, you know, flood your inbox. You know, this is just something my, my dad sent, so.
0: And I really wanted and, that Nokia phone.
1: Exactly. I was so excited <laughs> about Nokia because Nokia at that point was the iPhone, right? Yeah. Anyway, long story short, he said, well, you know, I accept your apology. And by the way, this, this one guy, Nick, is leaving in one month, and they're trying to replace him. Why don't you uh, send your resume? And that's how I got my first job in New York, by spamming people randomly and, you know, getting accepted in this, like, uh, new world, and a uh, new, new country that I didn't know at all. <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird, like, turn of events, you know. It's probably, like, as you probably know as much as I do, like, you know, the biggest decision in life, I usually... The out tiniest. Of, uh, yeah. I really, like, a, a random, you know, course of events, right? Yeah. So that's that was my entry point in us and in 2003 i essentially started my first job in wall street uh in new york and i never left so 17 years and counting and um and you know it's a pleasure i love uh out of this country out of the out of this city I, i live in brooklyn now uh so, uh, you know, to get a little more focus on, you know, your podcast, your conversation. Uh, so I've been navigating uh, between uh, finance, capital markets, and technology the past 17 years, right? So both uh, skill set that I have. I also, like, enjoyed the uh, tremendous uh, turmoil of 2008. Obviously, that was also an interesting uh, uh, part of history to be involved in. Uh, but, you know, long story short, it's... Uh, About three years ago, uh, my now co-founder, Sebastian, uh, who's also a a schoolmate, uh, you know, who's just joined um, an innovation group in the the West Coast, is married to a girl from Texas. So he's also in the U.S. after all these years. He said, you should be interested in blockchain. So, you know, cryptos, uh, digital assets, uh, blockchain is the future of finance. You have, you know, both technology and finance uh, skill sets, you know, what the hell are you doing now? and I agree with him, um, I said, this is a wake up call. You know, I, I got to like, you know, deep, deep into it. I need to understand what it is. It took me quite a while, right? I don't know how much you know about it. It's counterintuitive, it's very shady at times, it's very uh, opaque, uh, but he has like, you know, a, a tremendous amount of innovation and disruptions power to it. Mm-hmm. And I get seduced, I get seduced to it. Um, And then, you know, we started out by doing a lot of uh, advisory market research. Mm -hmm. So it was all about trying to understand where the most of the value of cryptos and blockchain can be brought to the general public mainstream. And, uh, you know, we started out by, let's say, you know, currency trading or automobile, you know, supply chain uh, management or, you know, healthcare records, um, you know, try to like avoid duplication of records and uh, you know digital identity all this good stuff which are uh, in you know very frankly amazing use cases for the blockchain Uh, and then we stumble upon this uh, insurance insurance uh, automation and uh, you know that's been that's what I've been working on since last year again I don't need to like you know spend uh, minutes on my, on my uh, startups, but this is essentially like, you know, what led me to to be interested in more deep tech, uh, like a variety of, uh, you know, product development, and also like a new, uh, a new market, a new clientele, which is absolutely fascinating because the amount of uh, innovation you see in the technology actually translates in how the uh, uh, grand market is actually uh, perceiving your technology in your product. And there's a uh, huge amount of uh, education that attached to, you know, trying to sell uh, the great economic value, the great efficiency value of a certain, you know, deep tech product for your average Joe or average Jane, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that's been a challenge, but that's been, you know, extremely fascinating.
0: And so that caused you to launch FlyOn. Is that how you say it? Right. I
1: felt the plan? Fly on, yeah, that's correct.
0: And so how are you getting the word out? How are you sharing that you have this new venture that is driven by blockchain, that is a solution product that um, helps protect you and your wallet? Um, How are you sharing that with the world right now? Besides podcasts like this?
1: Yes, exactly. Um, So I'm gonna address the uh, elephant in the room first, right? Uh, COVID is front and center. And actually today, you want to you wanna see the silver lining when it presents itself, right? The, the V-shape, um, you know, recovery plus the, uh, the better employment numbers and the uh, great reaction in the stock market. Uh, you know, we got to take it when it when presents itself. I think, you know, it's a, it's a good sign that we're getting to a better stage. It's going to take some time, no doubt. But we want to think that, you know, we passed maybe the worst of it. And, uh, travel industry up until actually 24 hours ago was the, uh, the lame duck, right? Of the whole story that was essentially some people would say like, you know, um, travel is not going to go back ever. Travel is never going to go back to like even a normal operation. It's going to take five years. Like all this narrative is saying like, you know, being extremely pessimistic about travel and especially flying, right? Uh, it's been, uh, Quite a bit of a drawback, you know, for my um, ever and also like any travel tech company in my situation. Even the mature travel company I've been suffering and bleeding quite a lot. So working with COVID has been the main headache and also the main challenge that we uh, we've been taking, right? Mm-hmm. So now you know, going to my startups and again not trying to sell it so much, but we believe that you know right now it's the great it's a great time to uh, reflect on two things. The first one is the user experience. The traveler has been extremely frustrated and disappointed about airlines, airport disruptions, insurance being not there when they need it, when they need it the most, uh, being uh, kept in the dark, uh, trying to uh, enforce legal action in order to avoid paying back the clients. I'm not advocating even my product so much, but let's say Tokyo Olympics, you know, the Olympics. Yeah, that, yep. that may be me.
0: happening, may not be happening, was happening, now it's happening next year. And if it's not happening next year, it's never happening. That Olympics?
1: That one, exactly. You get it. This is this is where people stand right now, like in a total vague and total dark. And uh, but they attach numbers to it. They say, you know, two to three billion. Maybe it's going to end up 10 billion loss for the, the Olympics and they most likely not going to be covered. Right? right. This And then they had insurance in place, business interruption insurance. You know, this is something in place. This is standard. They're going to get away of not uh, paying back. So um, I'm saying like, you know, this, this whole client experience, either retail client or corporate client, has been terrible. Right. And the second one is essentially take a step back, you know, trying to reflect and saying, there might be other solutions that we, we, we need to explore now. And technology is here, right? Uh, with the buzzwords, machine learning, automation through, you know, blockchain and whatnot. This is not uh, just an exercise of trying to be fancy with the best product design. It's about uh, finding the best efficiency for the clients, the best possible saving, the best possible speed for a refund. And people are just going to be, like, open to it now. They're going to be saying, we need a new normal. This is not a new no- This is not the same normal as it was for many reasons. Then how about the uh, the product offering? We want to see new stuff. And this has been, like, you know, on top of our heads, you know, the whole time, right? And uh, quite honestly, I, I've been staying positive. I've been staying optimistic. I think this is, this is almost like the best time, uh, you know, for me to attack the market. You know, it's very ironic, but... In the age of COVID, uh, you know, new ideas are going to be crystallizing, right? If they're good enough, right? Yeah. Some people are going to be suffering. There's no doubt. Some, some businesses are going to be dying. And this is just like a normal cycle of the, the economy. And this is uh, a very harsh one. This is very difficult. I think that we're going to have like, uh, we're going to have better stuff coming out of the, the end of the tunnel actually.
0: Yeah, I think what's interesting with COVID right now is that the businesses that we're seeing tumbling are the ones that have been on the brink. And who have been reported reporting issues or have internally had issues um, because they hadn't streamlined into the new world, the new modern, the new land of technology, obviously. Um, but I think the you know background on how you started the company or how you know how you got into this is really interesting, right? Yeah. And then the, the deviation into COVID is it's spot on. Um, so so here you are. So when did you actually launch Flyon? When when did you start? Pushing it, you know, when was it packaged to? We're ready for customers.
1: So uh, the uh, the beta version is live uh, since mm-hmm. uh, last month. So it's a pretty okay. early, you know, uh, early, you know, kind of, um, you know, introduction to the product, yeah. to the client. So we have a beta community that's very excited. People see the value right away. Uh, so in order to get that, to, you know, on the marketing and potential mistake, you know, I can... In my testimony, I can like you know witness you know everything that I did wrong. And- oh, you've done
0: something wrong. Uh, you you didn't come off the gate, you know, because every brand that I know, owner that launches, they're spot on. They never make mistakes along the way at all. They're perfect.
1: I'm trying to find whatever I did right. Actually, that's, that's- <laughs> uh, you know, so I've been held by this uh, wonderful woman uh, Bambi Weevil. She's our marketing advisor. And um, we've been working around the clock uh, and it's, it's very, it's very interesting. You know, the, uh, so many ways we tried uh, to create uh, FOMO, to create uh, some traction, to create some ex- excitement. Uh, so like we starting out by building, you know, narrative uh, messaging, so content marketing uh, back in uh, December, January. And when we kind of iron out, whatever we want to offer, which is 50%, you know, saving, uh, get paid immediately, that kind of stuff. I think it was very clear that there's uh an obvious client value and we blasted. We blasted using automation tool. Um, I think the one tool, I don't know if I can, I can name company or.
0: Of course, that... please. Yeah, that's fine. Engage I drop names Bay. all the time.
1: <laughs> Engage Bay, uh, which is uh, you know, pretty decent uh, tool. I don't even know like, you know, all of them. Uh, but he, you know, it allowed us to actually reach out to 11,000. I mean, for me, it's a lot because, you know, I'm not used to like, so I think like anywhere between 10 and 15,000 since, you know, start to be like sizable in terms of outreach mm-hmm. and we had abysmal conversion rates. It was, it was in the, uh, I think it was less than hundred or something. So, you know, you're thinking like, you know, way under 1% mm-hmm. and
0: that
1: was painful. Because we had to just, like, scrub and find manually and go on LinkedIn and go on those, uh, uh, let's say, conference website to find, like, you know, speakers at conference. Uh, we, we went the route of blockchain uh, users being our, you know, first target audience. Mm-hmm. And everything was manual. It takes weeks to collect the, uh, the email distribution list. And when you're happy with the list, the target, then you blast and you get nothing. And then you obviously like, you know, blame everything. So now we have an obvious uh, culprit, you know, being COVID. But at that point, it was not severe enough. So we had only, uh, you know, ourselves to blame, I guess. And, uh, you know, all that was, you know, very instructive. You know, we learned a lot. Uh, I guess volume doesn't solve much in marketing. Uh, Content marketing is probably more than half the battle. Maybe eighty percent of it yeah. of trying the the you know to refine to uh, tweak the messaging to simplify the language to get the right words so people just like uh, register and print in their brain that's something they might be interested to spend more than three seconds you know on their attachment span or something like that uh, so that's very tough right I'm an engineer for me you know. Transacting and executing is just a given, right? So I have like a market to deal with. Uh, I'm not naturally a salesperson. So like, you know, having to convince people that my product is amazing was like, you know, why do I need to do that? And then, yeah, it's actually the toughest challenge I've been facing uh, so far.
0: So and, harder um, than actually coming up and creating a product is figuring out how to market it and get people to use it. Absolutely. Yeah. No
1: doubt. I learned my lesson. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm in pain, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm better now than I was six months ago because I'm less, I'm less ignorant. What uh, are you
0: using? So what are you seeing right now? So knowing that you, you, you signed up, you did this email blast, right? You're like, okay, they're going to come. I yeah. sent it out. Let's just wait. Here they come. And then you saw less than 100 people, of the 11,000 people actually click even yeah.
1: and yeah. do anything.
0: So what did you do then?
1: Yeah, just a caveat, the the click rate was decent. Okay. We we had double digits, click. Okay. Uh, So that was pretty decent. The sign-up was abysmal. Okay. So it seems that we didn't have the carrot, right? Uh, So we thought about the carrot, and we're still thinking about it. Uh, But that was another challenge, another story. Um, So we're thinking, okay, the, the product is great for what it is. But again, you know, we we catering to like younger crowd, Gen Z, millennials. They like rarely pay attention to you. So you want to offer maybe to the first 200 early adopters something, and then it was the heart of COVID, you know, uh, early April when we think about it, and where I came, I came, you know, I came about with this genius idea, quote unquote. I thought it was genius to. uh you know, kind of put the logo on a, on a, on a face mask and an offer as a perk, as a giveaway. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now like looking back, it was not that bad. I think it's still a decent idea, but I get like pushback from every single person I was talking about because it was like, you're opportunistic Wall Street bastard. You want to take advantage of the face mask situation and people dying to market your startups, what is, what is, going, what is wrong with you. And I'm like, okay, it seems like liability risk is actually much greater than potential reward. So we kind of gave, uh, you know, we gave up on that one. Uh, the, 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 the next one, which is still like in the making, we want to blast email. We want to target audience with this giveaway is potentially helping the local community through DoorDash, Uber Eats, uh, Seamless by offering promo code to help you know local restaurants so you sign up to our beta to our product and you get you know a 15 coupon and then it's kind of a win-win-win right everybody wins so it's great i mean i'm still spending the money for the client but anyway so that that one should be like something we will be uh, probably rolling out in the next few weeks mm-hmm. um and uh and the last one was actually much more fun uh, a little gimmicky uh i found like um, you know some sort of a perks that I can put my logo on as being the uh, flip-flops. So okay. we were thinking like forward, like uh revenge vacation, right? Quote unquote revenge vacation or the okay. hashtag that's okay. been like you not know, going on. And you get your flip flops for your beach vacation and then you can uh, book your flights and be protected. Right. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the ways to to do it. And we might as well do it actually. But right now it's still like kind of developing. So you know maybe in a month months time that can be a, a good timing for us
0: well if you need some more ideas just because I love pop culture and that's what we do um, you should probably consider looking at if you haven't already travel influencers and working right. with them um, so that you could really get the message out about the importance of this using their content um, yeah. and their marketing platform to share and talk about and drive the downloads and signups um, we also have really cool opportunities with some there's some television shows it's not television it's just it's content that's produced that airs in airport when people get back to being at airports so and they are on a lot of business shows as well where the content airs where they'll do a segment and talk about you and then give you and serve you up to a very on target flying audience or an audience that flies often Um, and then you also have your airline magazines you can look at advertising in Um, you even have the um, backseat um, tablets now that you can do segments and get content and it just can start getting a little bit more expensive on that Um, so there's definitely things you can be doing out there that I bet you will be doing in the near future
1: Okay, I'm going to jump onto exactly what you said. So we had those two ideas, two of Mm -hmm. uh, the many ideas you brought up. So the first one is the Uh, tablets. So having like targeted because you can geolocate someone going to the Guardia to JFK. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, that's, you know, they're going to take a flight. So therefore, trip protection is on point. So that's something we are looking at. The second one is travel blogger, travel writer and digital nomads. Yeah. uh actually that's becoming pretty much 99 percent of our niche market we want to cater to because you know it's kind of a win-win as well because they love traveling their business is traveling and they are in a situation where they are in trouble a lot yeah. and they would enjoy getting refunded in, in and snap right and and then if that happens the, the experience is good they're gonna say ah oh, thanks to so and so my experience was great uh, so that's uh, that's a natural like, win for everyone. Yeah, so exactly. Um, like going the route of uh, airlines magazines, probably quite outside of our budget for now. But yeah. we never know. It's a, it's a good point. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is, um, so you know, talking about niche markets because you got you gotta start somewhere, right? There's uh, 4.6 mm-hmm. billion travelers a year. Uh, so uh, the second one is the B two B. So the uh, uh, corporate travelers. Again, um, the market that's gonna be challenged for many reasons. And maybe Zoom is gonna be replacing a lot of those uh, client meetings in person. So that's, that's fair. Uh, but we believe that corporate travel is gonna, is gonna um, you know, survive. It's gonna be like mm-hmm. becoming something else. But you know, there's also like some technology and solution that's gonna be help them um, you know, doing the, the best thing. So we actually like kind of gearing towards a little bit of more uh, B2B uh, marketing. And uh, we're thinking, you know, let's say um, mid market, uh, you know, a thousand employees, consulting firm travels a lot, sales rep. They might have 10,000 flyers a year. They might be uh, enticed by saving, you know, half a million dollars a year on TNEs, travel expenses, right? Okay. So our tool can do that as well. It's not like a retail model, but it's very much like, you know, a company wide model. So mm-hmm. that's very interesting to actually pivot that way as well.
0: No, that's awesome. Yeah, I would think that the b2b industry especially in the small to mid-sized companies is going to be an absolute sweet spot for you guys because of you know you book travel and then you think you're going on it and with covid that city might get shut down in the near future we have no idea what's going to happen so yeah oh.
1: and um, you probably know know it but 100% of the flights at least us domestic are connecting flights now yeah so that means that more disruptions, more delays. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm done. More, more way. lost
0: luggage as well. Exactly. Yeah, everything is going to be an interesting world that we're traversing in.
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: So with blockchain, so you know, it, it's such an interesting usage case that you've come up because that's what you're leveraging. You're leveraging blockchain technology to make um, your solution work. Correct. And then with that, I mean, so many people don't understand blockchain. And we've had a number of different guests who've come on and they have done a really good job of explaining it. But could you dive in? And you you started doing it before and you gave a, a glimpse of it. But what is your view? Like, how do you think, you know, how would you explain how blockchain works?
1: Yeah, so the first stage of using blockchain, and there's many of them, but the way that, you know, it came across as a low-hanging fruit is uh, essentially like the streamlining of the claim refund, right? So insurance refund never happens the way you want, and there's many reasons for it. Let's say, th- let's take my, my story for a second. I was traveling mm-hmm. to Denver to see my uh, co-founder, Sebastian, he lives there now, um, and I was on the tarmac for four hours at LaGuardia. And the reason being, the bathroom lights was blinking. the The lights in the toilet was blinking. Per protocol, the pilot is not allowed to actually take off. Uh, do you think I get refunded for it? Obviously not, right? And yeah. the mere the mere thinking about going online, you know, pick up the phone, spending hours on the phone. Uh, following up for weeks and months to hopefully get a, a refund a reimbursement was just like you know too much work. forget about it. so yep. so how blockchain works is it does three things. The first one, it detects flight time automatically mm-hmm. uh, thanks to the API technology. Second, it activates the legal policy automatically because now you can simplify the terms forty five minutes you're good, 46 minutes, you delay, delayed. So therefore, the uh, policy can activate at 46 minutes. And third, it refunds money directly to your wallet, right? The three things, which are the three pillars of uh, blockchain automations, mm-hmm. can work literally like in 15 minutes. And maybe in five years from now, it's going to be in one minute because the uh, technologies could be much more mature. And for that reason, we're going from uh, an average of six weeks, you know, uh, claim insurance refund to literally like a few minutes. So that's a tremendous amount of, you know, uh, time saved and also cost savings. It's as much as 85% cost saving, right? Mm-hmm. And with 85% cost saving on the operation, we essentially reward the client for with better pricing, right? So that's what we do. And obviously there's going to be some profit margin for us, but, you know, the first goal is to give the best value to the client.
0: And so with that, does that take an effect, you know, the type of ticket someone's buying? Like in your case, you know, whether the class of ticket or is it literally just more so about flight delays and cancellations?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of the, the tickets that you buy because we have some sort of, uh, um, you know, classification per uh, risk type. Mm-hmm. Let's say you fly to Miami in August with hurricane season, then all of a sudden it might be you know, a little more expensive, right? Uh, or you fly to um, Chicago in the middle of the winter, February, and obviously like snowstorm can be a problem. Uh, but your average flights is going to be you know covered regardless, right? And they're all covered, but they, they have a little bit of a pricing fluctuation in terms of uh, protection premium depending on where you're going, right? Uh, But that being said, we don't have to be attached to the airlines, we don't have to be attached to the airport, Uh, we view uh, more of an economic value reward to the clients, so everything is, you know, calculated and calibrated based on the risk that you're taking uh, within your flights and is agnostic of the destination or, or the airlines, essentially.
0: Okay. And then going back to blockchain, I'm just curious on that and how that worked with you all. But going back to blockchain, you know, you came up with okay, I want to use blockchain to solve this problem. Right. And were you already just from all of your work? And you spent 15 years, I think, in, in finance technology and capital markets. And um, is that what drove you to blockchain as a solution, or was it that you wanted to that, like, did you have the idea of blockchain of, of using it to drive the solution? Or was it that you were looking for a solution and you chose that blockchain might be the answer? That makes
1: sense. It's a little bit of both. Uh, I'm starting off by a personal headache. So I have my story in Denver. I I told you uh, also another story going to to Europe to visit my family uh, for Christmas. They lost my luggage for three weeks. They only refunded half of the money. It took me uh so they, they found their luggage but it took them nine months to refund me so that that's you know horrible story and everyone has a nightmare story around those things so this th- that came from personal uh pain point uh technology uh it's you know for me it's a big belief right it's a big belief that uh we're driving to a, a very uh different world that we're knowing right now uh the amount of automation the amount of streamlining the amount of uh uh, intelligence that's b- going to be brought by those systems are going to be transformative for uh, personal experience, not only businesses. Um, and we think, you know, we we think beyond the o- automation of blockchain, which is, you know, okay, you can get refunded in a minute. That's great. Uh, the the real incentive is, you know, attached to the concept of decentralized finance and de- decentralized insurance. I don't know if you've heard of it, but essentially, you know, you can think about, you know, mutualizing the uh, underwriting risk the underwriting insurance for health for travel for let's say water damage and you can essentially use blockchain to distribute your risk among you know micro investors or micro underwriters right and the real benefit of this decentralized insurance model is we can actually uh, reach the uninsured right the same way that you can reach the unbanked in, let's say, Nigeria, uh, Ecuador, uh, Latin America, India, uh, by using those uh, microcredits uh, mm-hmm. or microbanking using mobile phone, right? Which is, mm-hmm. you don't need like a real bank account. You can actually transfer money, use your account on your mobile because now mm-hmm. we have the technology for it. Same thing is going to be happening for insurance. We're going to have mm-hmm. decentralized insurance helping, let's say, you get a house uh, somewhere in Africa. You don't have any money to uh, insure it, or water damage, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Then now, because of micro insurance, you're gonna be able to actually buy insurance for a dollar a month or something like that. Because it's going to be so distributed, so diversified, that you know we're gonna be reaching out to billions and billions of you know people that are, don't have insurance right now. So this is like kind of the the, the grand vision that I have. Mm-hmm. That's why blockchain makes sense more than. Risk-
0: and the risk is just so it's lowered because it's just spread out so far that whenever there are hiccups that happen in someone's life, the dollars to actually recover are offset by so much else that's out there. And so it's just able to be this this beast that breathes and stays alive and keeps on going.
1: You yeah, explain it better than me. That's exactly. No. It.
0: Yeah, the beast that breathes and stays alive. (laughs) I think your explanation was better. Are you talking
1: about the dog behind you? (laughs)
0: Uh, Yes, she's like, if if anyone, if you're watching the video, yes, she is just curled up and has decided that this is where she's going to be today. So, so blockchain, you know, I I think it's so interesting because companies who aren't thinking about blockchain now as solutions probably should, Um, and, and it's hard because, people don't even know what blockchain means in general there's very very early adopters who are like i'm on board blockchain i know what cryptocurrency is i know how to crypto trade i like but that's a world that we're all going into and these right. you know very foreign words are like back in the 80s when you sat there talking about you know the internet and it, it's in the same place
1: exactly
0: and so this is a world that's gonna revolutionize businesses, you know, far in the future, but really just in, in the months and the years ahead.
1: Yeah, so I mean, there's, there's several ways of uh, characterizing it. So, you know, some of the uh, kind of advocates of blockchain saying like, you know, we are in the third era of uh, internet. The first one was the internet of information you know, and the dot-com bubble was like, you know, the first like real crisis around it. Second one was internet of things. So we're trying to, we're starting to connect devices. We're trying to like interconnect our world, our hardware with the information. And blockchain is uh, characterized as internet of money, right? So this is very much, you know, the way you can actually make it, democratize uh, money via a very simple concept, right? Mm-hmm. There's no central agent. There's no central body of decision making. This is money for everyone. I mean, again, this is good in theory. You know, it's been hard to actually adopt or you know convince people. It's uh, you know um, you know proof check. It's, uh, it's 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 There's been a lot of uh, bad stories about frauds. Uh, people you know using blockchain and cryptocurrency for other meanings that are not supposed to be uh, productive, but I think the fundamental of what was written in 2008, which was essentially uh, at the dawn of uh, the financial crisis after Lehman collapse, uh, was the, you know, like power to the people, right? So it's a real thing, right? I'm not advocating my project now. I'm i really thinking, I'm really thinking like this decentralized money, this internet of money, it's something that's gonna just, you know, uh, you know, um, how do you say it? like uh, crystallize, materialized? maybe it's going to be a matter of decades. I think it's going to be faster than that. But the value that you store doesn't have to be a, uh, a bill. It doesn't have to be a dollar bill. It doesn't have to be a piece of coin. It can be like this amount of uh, information that's stored somewhere and that's secured through some fancy algorithm, or whatever it is. And we're going to be dem- 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 we're not going to be staying materialized the way we are for another 100 years, right? It has to be transforming to a, another state. And blockchain is one of the solutions. It is the best solution so far. There's some theories saying like blockchain is not going to be, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, being the standard. Maybe something else could be coming and it's going to be better. But at least, you know, being uh, aware of what it brings and how it's being implemented and all the good things that can be happening. It's very much the first battle you want to get it involved in.
0: And with your background of computer engineering that you have, right. I mean, this is a space that, you know, you're obviously someone who's geared to be, you're a tech geek, you like right. tech. I, I can say that, you have to. I just know, I'm a tech geek too, but. So, you know, you're an early adopter, you came in, you saw something that could be a, a solution, um, but, would you say that this is something that companies of every size, every type should be trying to at least familiarize themselves so that they can figure out how this is going to fit into their future? Or do you think it's still early days where they should sit back and wait and see where things start building before they start getting involved?
1: Um, I think we need to uh, project ourselves to you know, the mid-90s, right? uh when you're representing let's say an accounting firm uh you know the internet aol and yahoo and saying like you know you'll see in the future you're going to be using those screens to actually run your ledger reconciliation and all the good stuff that you're doing on paper that's going to be all you know like run by software and exchange all this money virtual money is actually going to be exchanged through those uh Internet of things, so to speak. I think we're going through the same phase. So now, if you reflect on the fact that we are uh, year number 12 of the uh, creation of Bitcoin, the first cryptocurrencies ever.
0: 12 years Uh, since Bitcoin came out. And probably most of our listeners have never, never bought Bitcoin.
1: 2008, right. Okay. And, you know, I I really like that the fact you – characterizing me as an early adopter. I'm in a grand scheme of things I am, but you know, I was essentially uh, eight years later than the real early adopters, right? Anyway, so I'm fine uh, getting that compliment, but I think now is the time to actually make it more democratized. I think, you know, big firms are actually working on blockchain as we speak, and they've been working on blockchain for three, five years. There's no doubt about it, right? So I'm thinking about like big banks, you know, big uh, um, car industrials, um, you know, pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies. Obviously, all the credit cards, the payment services such as SWIFT, uh, everything is dealing with money exchange. They're going to have to like you know catch up with the uh, the bandwagon. So that's going to be happening, and this has been happening for years. Now you're thinking about SMEs, right? Small businesses. Are they going to be so incentivized to be part of the blockchain. I think, you know, the uh, big box, you know, solution to manage maybe accounting using blockchain is not right the minute. So that's going to take some many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the possibility of receiving, accepting block Bitcoin, let's say, or any mm-hmm. cryptocurrencies as a, a mean of payment for their own goods, let's say a grocery store, uh is actually completely um in the money you know uh, mm-hmm. pun unintended. i think it, and, and then i was actually going to my uh grocery store now the atm has bitcoin the yeah. atm has dollar and bitcoin and i think that's people are just starting to say okay what if uh you know the central bank just doesn't do its job uh because you know politics because the, the world
0: collapses because uh, yeah, of covid because- and riots and protests
1: For all those reasons, all of a sudden, like Bitcoin becomes this, uh, you know, kind of the uh, unparalleled or like the parallel way of trying to get to transfer money without having some sort of intermediary saying yes, no, right? And interfering with the amount of value that you could be uh, transacting.
0: So, are there any, you know, other points of advice you want to give on blockchain? I want to make sure that we share, you know, how people can sign up so that we can try to get you some more users because yeah. I think that would be something that people should at least be testing out. But any last words on, you know, blockchain and technology and, and advice there?
1: If- uh, it's a it's a very good question. So first, you know, appreciate uh, that you offered for me to uh, to share my uh, my website, so my website is flyon.io, uh, F-L-Y-I-O-N.io, and uh, the beta product is slash beta, so you can find on the landing page, and then you can sign up, and to that point, uh, it's going to sound you know, pretty ironic, uh, the product is not crypto-friendly because we wanted to make it so transparent that people don't think that we have a Bitcoin uh, business on the back of it, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you sign up, you can pay with your credit card, Apple Pay, Google Pay. It's not about crypto, right? The technology is the automation of everything I I discussed. Mm -hmm. So, and then it brings to my point, your second question, uh, my second question being, you know, what kind of advice I would give to people that would be interested or would want to actually launch a project that are similar or for other use cases. Um, I think blockchain was extremely trendy, buzzwordy uh, 2017, 2018. And unfortunately, we suffered uh, the malfunction of a bunch of clowns. And I'm not including myself in this bucket. Uh, I think there was definitely some people that are were doing that for the trend for the buzz and to scam money but there's, there's no doubt about it they were all arrested and the bleeding stopped so there's absolutely no like uh malfunction about startup project using blockchain at the mo- at the moment and what i would advise is trying to be genuine more of a bottom-up approach trying to find a real-life use case that you want to Uh, resolved. You want to find a frustration, a pain point of maybe in the uh, healthcare industry where you think, you know, the uh, information doesn't circulate as fast as you want. And maybe the number of beds at Mount Sinai or Beth Israel or whatever hospitals were could have been shared in a snap using blockchain information Mm -hmm. shared uh, didn't happen. And uh, this is, you know, very bad because people were dying, people were sick. And all of a sudden, that legitimize blockchain usage. If if you come from the top down, you're saying, "Well, uh, I know I'm going to be doing some blockchain stuff. I just need to find my product fit." Uh, and then you're going like, uh, you know, kind of uh, counter waves. You're not doing the right thing, right? Uh, using the blockchain as a, a buzzword in order to get funded, in order to uh, get your product uh, marketed, is just it's just, uh, it's, just uh, it's just an old story now. It doesn't work. So you know, it's a waste of time.
0: it's more so you really need to dive in and make sure that there's a solution there at the end of the uh, the road where it's going to provide a true mechanism that makes your business better.
1: That's correct. correct.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your insights and your advice. And we'll make sure that all your information is in the show notes so that people can check out and visit the website and learn more information as well.
1: Thank you very much for having me. That was a pleasure. Of course. Uh, it was very insightful. And uh, I'm, I'm going to pass the good word. If you look for some other talented people, and I'm happy to pass a good word.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you. All right. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you on our next podcast.